Hello there. I'm Ryan Woods, a Spartan god. This is my own mind. You're listening to the I'm a Spartan podcast, Scott Knowles. And I'm, what the fuck am I doing this, man? This is fucking stupid. Are you kidding me? I'm doing these favors for these bums? Nah, fuck this. I'm out here. Katie, bring me some wine. I'm fucking out. I'm Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. What's up, everybody? The Palm Beach race this past weekend was awesome. Garfield and his team did a great job with it. And, I mean, it's not the most spectacular venue. I mean, there's some ponds out there, a lot of sand running and some tall grass, and there's a couple of little hills where he did like a cliff climb at, and there was another one where the sandbag was at in 2019 where you pretty much just ran over it right after Helix, and then you ran along the pond to get to the Hercules hoist. Um, and you went in the water a couple of times, and we didn't see any alligators, which was, which was good, because when we left the parking lot after the first day, I mean, you know, there's a golf course around there, and there's, there's like a pond right next to the golf course. I know we saw an alligator that was six to seven feet long in that pond. And I'm thinking, you know what? If he's in that pond, chances are they're probably in the pond that we went through over there too. But I'm sure we're splashing around, making so much noise, we were scaring them off anyway. Um, it was cool to just see everybody again, hang out with friends, make new friends. I saw some listeners out there from the podcast. It was great to see everyone. Um, if you didn't check out the live feed videos I did of the elites, I tried to get as much as I could. I couldn't do as much Sunday because my heat started earlier on Sunday, but I think I got the men's finish from the spear throw to the finish there. So if you want to check those videos out, they're on my Instagram in the, what is it? The IGTV or whatever. If you want to check that out. Um, so one thing I wanted to mention because, you know, nowadays with the COVID they're only allowing us to go in 30 minutes before our wave. And, you know, 30 minutes, you know, if you're competitive, that's kind of like, you know, you're having to rush to get in there, use the bathroom, check your bag, and get a decent warm-up in before, you know, you start your race. So I decided, you know what? Um, the Spartan Plus is only $7.99, even though you have to commit for six months. I figured, you know what, I'm going to sign up for it. I mean, what's $7.99 for six months? And if it helps the brand survive, so be it. So I signed up for it, and, you know, it, it's included with the pass, but since I've got a 20, uh, 2020 pass that rolled over in 2021, they didn't do it for that pass. But if you bought a 2021 pass, Spartan Plus is included. So I figured, you know, it what's it going to hurt to pay it for six months because I will probably buy a 2022 pass and then it'll be included there. So the cool perk at this venue, and I ain't going to promise you it's at every venue either, but Spartan Plus, when we pulled up, they parked all the Spartan Plus people in like a paved parking lot where I think that everybody else had to park in a grass parking lot. You know, and most of ours were parked in the shade. and But I wouldn't say we were closer than the uh, everybody else. But 
it was just kind of a nice parking area. It was probably easier to get out of the venue from where we were parked. But what was cool was, is they had four porta johns that were right there at the parking area coming into it. So it was kind of like these porta johns were just for the Spartan Plus members because it would have been out of your way to where they were at. It would have been out of your way to walk from the other parking lot to come over here just to use those porta johns. So it was, that was a nice little perk, you know, especially, you know, if you're getting there early. So, but like I said, you know, the, the main point for me was getting in an hour early. And if you're Spartan Plus, you can come in an hour earlier. And they also have an express check-in for Spartan Plus members, which that's not really a big deal when you're there early, you know, and us waiting 30 minutes to get in because there was nobody in line anyway. But later in the day, the once the after lunch, it seemed like there was tons of people coming in after lunch. So you probably could have, you know, used that perk, and it probably would have helped a lot there. Um... You know, and, and there's other, I mean, you get, like, you get the Spartan Fit app free, and you get, and I don't really buy a lot of merchandise from Spartan anymore, but you get 20% off and free shipping too, which, that's pretty cool if, if you're still, you know, buying a lot of stuff from Spartan, and I, and I do every blue moon, but it's it's been a while, so, I mean, you can earn that $7.99 a month back pretty easily, you know, especially if you're buying stuff, but anyway, enough about that. So, um, it was a great weekend. I had a good time and, uh, the weather was great. I got sunburned because I went down there like a tourist and we went to the beach and I'm thinking we need some sunblock, but we didn't have any. So we just said, screw it. It was cloudy. We got sunburned. So what? And then we just added to the sunburn the rest of the weekend out in the sun. So, but it was a good time and we enjoyed it. But anyway, I got Sarah Hernandez, who is Bruce Jackson's girlfriend, and I've had Bruce Jackson on here uh, quite a few times, and uh, it was a good interview, and I enjoyed it. Uh, and before we get into that, I have a new review from uh, my buddy Joe, uh, I'm going to butcher your last name, Joe Chris Criscula, or Crisciola, maybe? Anyway, cool perspective on... Oh, I can't even see the whole title. It won't let me see the whole title. Cool perspective on obstacle. All I see is the T. It won't let me see the rest of it. So here's, here's a review. Scott is an everyday dude, age group racer, who knows his stuff and brings some cool content to the community. He asks good questions of his guests, and he is a good racer himself. Thanks, Scott, and keep them coming, Joe. Joe, I appreciate that, and uh, I met Joe in Jacksonville, I think in 20, I think I met Joe in 2019 or 18 in Jacksonville, I think it was 2018 Jacksonville, and I saw him in Charlotte too a couple of weeks ago, so that was a cool treat too. But thanks for review, Joe, and if anybody else wants me to read a review on here, um, leave one in iTunes, that's usually the place where I check and where most people read it too. So go to the purple iTunes app and go on there and leave a review and I'll read it. And uh, enough of me babbling. Here's the interview with Sarah Hernandez. Sarah Hernandez, what is going on with you today? Hey. <laughs> so 
I worked all day, and I am making chicken right now. Oh. <laughs> Some cooking. Um, not a lot. I have a little small cold, but I usually never, ever get sick once every few decades. So this is about as run down as I get. So right. all in all, a good Thursday. So, Sarah, I've met you through Bruce Jackson because you are his girlfriend, but I wanted, I figured since I've had Bruce on and his kids on, the least I could do is have his better half. So, uh, just tell us a little bit about your background, and didn't you tell me once before that you're from, you're from Valdosta? Well, I'm from Georgia. I grew up, I was born in um, Aurora, Colorado. Oh. My dad my dad was just getting out of the military. I was a toddler, I can't remember. We we moved to um Waycross, Georgia oh. when I was four years old. Nothing um, over there. Yep, that's where my mom my mom was from Waycross, Georgia. And it's a little farm town railroad mm-hmm. railroad systems there. It's it's nothing special at all. No. Nope. And so we moved out. My grandmother had about six rental properties. Half of them were trailers. And we have that we, we moved into this little tiny house. I don't even think it was a thousand square feet when he got out of the military. Um, they're like, oh, we'll just live in one of these little homes and save money to buy a home and start a second career. And so we lived in this little tiny shack next to my grandmother's brick house. Right. <laughs> on a, like a hundred acre farm. Oh, cool. And they had the like very large uh, landscape business growing up. So, you know, I'm five years old helping pot plants and stuff. And uh, my grandfather was still, you know, he had big, big hay fields, um, peanuts, potatoes, watermelon, cantaloupe. Um, before before um, I was born and in the picture, they had like the largest dairy farm. So oh, there wow. was, you know, it was cows and chickens and everything. But so then, you're a country girl then. Yes. And then they <laughs> got rid of all got rid of all the animals and they just did, you know, fruits and plants and everything. So it was it was it was great growing up out there. Um, I think that's why you know. I, I, they forced me to wear shoes to start kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> we were just barefoot all the time and riding four wheelers and swimming in the pond. The pond was my pool. <laughs> so I was very, very country. Right. I think I lost my accent living in Jacksonville. It comes out sometimes with certain words. Right. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with having a southern accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could get rid of mine if so. I tried. It's better than northern, I think. I agree, totally. <laughs> so I want to, I want to see. You know, you sound like you were raised up pretty country, and you said that y'all raised fruit. Did you have you ever had loquats before? No, we never grew those. Right. I think I've I've, I've had one before. Okay. But it just doesn't come up all the time. <laughs> right. I was just wondering because a lot of people don't even know what that is. And I just figured since you were raised up pretty country, you probably would. Yeah. And <laughs> yep. What about? No, that was, that 
Right. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's, it's not a fruit that they mass produce and sell, you know. It's just kind of like a right. wild thing that people have. But, you know, those trees are all over South Georgia, and a lot of people don't even know that you can eat that fruit that grows on them. Right. I mean, we had fig trees everywhere and right. things like that, but uh, not not those. What about pawpaws? <laughs> you ever had a pawpaw? I don't think I have had a pawpaw. Oh, they're <laughs> so good. That, no. They're so good. They taste like cotton candy. They're delicious. Oh, yum. Awesome. I do remember almost getting kidnapped, though, because, you know, <laughs> in, the, uh, in the 80s, you could park a Chevrolet truck on the side of the road and have two little girls sell watermelons and cantaloupes for, like, $3. But you, yeah. you can't do that now, but I remember, I remember this shady, shady van and lady and two men stopped and they didn't want to buy anything and they were just kind of hanging out right and, that's scary uh, one of them started to come towards me and i ran away i mean i was i was a fast little kid so. <laughs> <laughs> did they try to tell you they had candy in the back of their van yeah something like that i remember no i think it was the cat story like they were they were looking for their lost cat oh but you just knew that vibe I mean, uh, I don't know. It was weird. So you you what you graduated from Lowndes County though, didn't you? Yeah. Them? So so basically, grew up in Waycross all through elementary. Uh, moved to Brunswick, Georgia, um, for middle school. Started high school there. Went to Glen Academy, and then um, moved to Artesia, New Mexico. Oh, wow. uh, my dad had a government job and oh. decided to take a job out west. Was there for my junior year. My senior year, I went to Valdosta. Um, I kind of fought my parents on being out west, and I needed to come back to Georgia where all my friends and family were. And, right. uh, so my senior year, I lived with cousins in Valdosta, Georgia, mm. and graduated from Lowndes High. And so, yeah, I mean, growing up, I was always in Valdosta, but I really didn't live there until my senior year. Yeah, Valdosta's like a, probably like a 45-minute drive from where Tiffany is. And back in the day, me and everybody, we used to go skateboarding there all the time. And, you know, because SOS was that kind of like scuba diving shop, but they had like a little store in there, too, where you could buy skateboards and stuff, too. So it was like the only local place you'd go to get skateboards and stuff. Yeah, I remember like Valdosta, you know, Valdosta 20 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, um, was just a cute little clean town, yeah. I would say. Everyone knows everybody, but it was a good, positive little town. I think it's gone downhill over all the years. It has. I know that um, there was some, you know, with uh, there were some racial wars and stuff like that starting to pop up. Um, now, I mean, you never really saw that when I was there, you know, so yeah. I don't know what's changed, but I don't, I definitely, uh, I live there. I live there again as an adult, um, uh, 2010, I moved back for a few years. Um, and, uh, it was just not the same as I remembered it as yeah. a kid. It's really grown a lot over the years. I mean, my town's grown a little bit, but I'd say Valdosta's probably grown twice as fast as our town has. Yeah, yeah, it has. And then they, they, they were 
uh, thinking about getting rid of the Air Force Base there. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know that. But it's still there. Yeah, it is. Um, they, they shut a few down um, a few years back, and that was on the list, but I think it's still going. Moody? Yeah. Moody Air Force Base? Yeah, I think so. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sarah, tell us a little bit about, like, your athletic background. Well, um, we were, just as a little kid, um, my brother, I had an older brother, um, four years older, who always had a pack of kids with him, playing everything, getting into everything, and I wanted, I wanted to do everything he was doing. Right. So, I just around the farm and just everything if you know the hide and go see just everything it started out and it started out playing around um outside a lot and we would actually have little races we would race each other down the lane and uh i started started running faster than all these boys that are four years older than me (laughs) so it started out as that but when i was in um Middle school and stuff like that, you know, my parents would sign me up for a rec league. I played um, soccer, softball, all that good stuff. Right. Um, but I am from a family that, although my parents are wonderful, they fully invested in my brother. Um, oh. They, you know, he he ended up getting a soccer scholarship. Oh, cool. He was on traveling teams. He was, you know, the soccer all-star that his picture was in the newspaper all the time. Um, so I never, you know, whenever I would show an interest in something, I they're like, oh, well, you're good. You know, you're you're just fine. You're good enough. I, I mm. never really was invested in as an athlete. High school, I, I was a sprinter. I was... I ran track. I thought cross country would be boring. So it's funny as an adult, I love, um, you know, if you called me up and said, let's go run 15 miles this Saturday. I love it. Like right. I'll throw my pack on or whatever. And I'm, I, I love distance now, but as a kid, um, I wasn't introduced to it. I didn't really think about it. I figured it would be boring. So I was on I, I was on the track team, but I did all the sprints, sprint work and um, stuff like that. I did all right. And then I was a midfielder in high school. I played soccer two out of four years, midfielder. Um, just got to run a lot there. Mm. And uh, I played basketball. I was the one. I was so good at stealing the ball. So, <laughs> you know, that was that was, that was me. That was my move. I wasn't, you know, I would go in and they know, they knew I could take it and pass it off to our best player that would go down and score. Like that was, that was it. (laughs) So played basketball, kind of dabbled a little bit into everything, but I never, I never just, like I said, excelled at one sport and my parents invested in me. Like, so it's, it's kind of funny how I've only been doing OCR for a year, really, 2019 was my first year. Right. You know, you know how 2020 went, yeah. and and now I'm, I'm doing really well. I feel like I'm, I'm getting a little faster, a little stronger with every race, and um, I definitely want to invest in. You know, I don't care how old I am now. Right. <laughs> but like, 
I I want to invest and and see, huh? I wonder how well. What is what am I capable of? Like, where where do I cap off, or can I keep going? Because I want to keep going as long as I can. Right. You know. Me too. <laughs> so, so it keeps us young, right? Right. Exactly. So, like. You know, what did you do, like, to, have you, before you started doing the OCRs, would you, were you always kind of just a runner and stuff? No, that's what's crazy. So, for the past couple of decades, I mean, like, let's, let's go back. Fresh out of high school, um, my father wanted me to... I mean, I had the local, you know, the Hope Grant, go to Valdosta State University, you know, stay in state college, all that. But he said, no, I have a better plan for you. You need to go straight into the military. You need to go into the Air Force and just do four years. You'll come out. Um, They'll pay for your college. So I don't have to. Thanks, Dad. And and, um, I'll get you a government job. I'll get you a job. We'll start you, you'll, you'll, you'll start at like 60 grand a year and you'll only be what I graduated at 17. So, so he's like by 21 years old, you know, he just kind of mapped everything out and I was a kid 17. So what else do I have if my parents aren't, aren't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Going to support the, the college route. And so I said, okay. And I went into the air force, um, only in for a year I was only in for a year and I did the young the young and dumb thing and I got married at 19 year old 19 years old and I had my son on my 20th birthday right <laughs> so married young I have I have two teenagers um I had I had them and I was with their father for 11 years wow 11 years, so all of my 20s, um, I was with them, uh, what, 19 to 30, I think? Yeah. I don't know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, what brought me back to Valdosta, what, what brought me back to Georgia was um, we just, we, we married because, because of having a child. We were never, uh, was thought it's the right thing to do. And that's kind of how I was raised as well. You have a child with someone, you, you stay with them. Right. And we just, you know, there was never anything ugly or anything. And, uh, we, we parted ways, um, 2010, I moved back to Georgia and really, um, all, all that time together, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. It's okay. Um, all that time, though, I was just, my workout was just simply being a mom. Right. Uh, um, I ran my own daycare business. Oh, wow. Um, whenever I was on Air Force bases, and I had, uh, I would have up to six kids at one time for like nine, ten hours. Wow. And about four out of six of them would be in diapers. It was extremely hard. I so, imagine. I would not I want just, that job. <laughs> and then um, I was stationed in Minot, North Dakota. And so I'd have six kids in the wintertime. We couldn't even go anywhere because right. it would be, you know, 10 degrees outside. So Gross. just cook, 
cooking, cleaning, taking care of children, and you know, raising other people's children. They they would call me mom. They would spend so much time with me, you know. So really, I fitness just dropped off. Um, it was just my daily routine is is all I was doing. And uh, after my divorce, though, uh, in uh, in Valdosta, I joined at Anytime Fitness, and so I would pop in some and and do some stuff here or there. But I I didn't know what I was doing. I'm sure. <laughs> hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so I that's what's nuts is. I'm actually, I'm very surprised with myself, um, what I'm doing now. Like, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, I, I, I had a small injury in December and let's just call it a midfoot sprain because it's all these giant words. Right. It'd be hard to translate. Um, and I haven't been, I haven't been running very much for the past four months but right before that Doing happened good, I ran um a 602 mile and I was just getting better and better but then I hurt myself and um I don't know I'm ready to pick the speed work back up and everything um just to get back into it because right. um, I am like I've always been told I'm a natural runner and everything so it feels good to apply that, and if you if you hit all those obstacles and you pass them, then really, I mean, you're the best of both worlds. If you if you can run and be obstacle um, proficient, then you're really guaranteed a top three spot. Yeah. So Sarah, I know like uh, it was a I guess it was a few weeks ago. You posted some pictures of when you were you were in an accident. And, and weren't you out running when it happened? So, okay, yes. So, I um, I was out. I was actually going to. I was I was watching my neighbor's dog. Um, so I let the dog out, and then I had just bought running shoes, and I was going to run for the first time in a while, in years. Right. And. Uh, I went outside, this is at like 7.15 in the morning, and the little dog was like peeing on a stop sign. We were off in the yard. I was standing on the curb. I was in the grass, wide open street. It's not a narrow lane or anything turning into my neighborhood. I I said good morning to a neighbor who was in the yard, and then the next thing I know, I woke up in a hospital. Oh man! Strapped down. I had I had no idea how long I was out. I didn't know what was going on. I remember opening my eyes and seeing a light. And um, holy shit! And then, then I remember seeing this gigantic shot, and I was hearing people talking, but I really couldn't understand what they were saying. And basically, they were giving me a giant like tetanus shot in my head, in my skull because they weren't sure if I have had one or not, because they were going to put staples in the back of my head. Um, but a car, a texting driver, turned into the neighborhood and kind of ran off the road onto the curb and hit me at like 30 miles an hour. Oh, my God. 
And the statistically, I mean, statistically I should be dead, but the reason I'm not dead is because it was a little low rider car, very low to the ground. Yeah. So when he hit the back of my legs, it threw me back. My head shattered the windshield, but it threw Ooh. me back and out. Instead of most people that die um, by being hit by a vehicle, they, they you get hit and you go down and under. And right. You're dead. Um, but this little tiny car flipped me back and out. Mm. So I flew... I flew about 10 to 12 feet in the air and landed on my right shoulder. Um, I have this very detailed email from Richard, the older man that was the neighbor, but he said I just looked like a lifeless um, rag doll. Like he thought I was dead as he was calling in 911. Um, he thought I was dead. Mm. And then the driver kind of went around the curve and um as if he Richard says as if he paused like hesitated to um stop but he saw that Richard was out in the yard and had witnessed everything and so he stopped and ran over and um they said that the kid was just really you know tore up like oh my god I can't believe I just hit a person oh wow mm-hmm. so um yeah, so it was, I think what is really scary is the fact that that's the exact little spot that my daughter and I would stand for her to catch the bus. Oh, man, that is scary. And so, and so there were, you know, this the bus stopped, you know, we would all meet around 7.30, 7.35. I was, this happened to me at 7.15, so I'm just so thankful that we weren't at a bus stop and, you know, a little kid be hit. There's no way that the kid would have made it. Yeah. And even the doctor, the doctor just said, man, you know, you're strong person, healthy person, great bones, you know, like even being hit by this low rider car, like everything was in your favor, but even, but somebody, somebody of, poor health or a senior citizen or a kid if it had been someone else they still could have died like right with the impact like the you know so i'm very lucky <laughs> so, so what in, in, what injuries did you have from it just the was it just the head fracture or? yeah i had i had that and i had um i had uh, two tears in my shoulder um, mm. man, I should have the paper out. I could, <laughs> <laughs> man, <laughs> I could read them, but I had two, two small tears. They weren't, you know, my shoulder wasn't destroyed. Thank God. Mm. And then, oh my God, the contusion bruising. I'm sure it was Um, awful. oh my God. Like I've never seen a, a bruise larger. Like my legs were black. They were black on the back. I'm surprised um, you didn't break both of your legs. I mean, that's no, just, I that's mean, you were super crazy. lucky. <laughs> you know, because the legs were probably the first thing to get hit, you know. A good thing I was chug, chugged a lot of milk <laughs> all, <laughs> growing up. <laughs> all those southern foods kept me strong. <laughs> wow. So, I mean. No, but, um, and then I had, you know, um, really. Really, that's what's it. That's why 
the doctor was puzzling. Like I had some, now I had some memory issues for a little while. It was bad. And my shoulder, my whole, my whole right arm, I couldn't raise, I couldn't raise my arm at all. It was kind of locked, like it hurt so bad. And so I did have some physical therapy for my shoulder and everything, but I did not break anything. Didn't break anything. Well, that's great. And um, it took a while, but my shoulder, um, I mean, it's, it's good now, but every now and then I still, I'm, I'm careful with it. I don't have full range of, I don't have full range of motion. Um, so, but my head, my head heals fine. And memory wise, like, like I said, um, my mom, I remember her saying, oh, we need to send out a thank you card for all the, your neighbors that brought you food. And I was like, who brought me food? Mm-hmm. I, I had no idea that people I, people that had visited me when I was home and things like that. I don't even remember that. So, so. was it like short-term memories you, you lost or was it some of both? It was a sum of both, but definitely short-term. So that was a little scary because they were telling me that things were happening and I, I, I couldn't remember that it happened. So... Um, it's just crazy. Uh, I, I would, I really wish I could be like an advocate for every time I see people running and bikers, you know, in Florida, it's all over. Right. Um, but I just want everybody to know that, sure, pedestrians have the right of way, but your ass has to think yeah. about all the people that are distracted. Yep. Like, sure, you have the right of way, but don't think you own it and just run out there. Like, I, I'm getting off topic here. Like, I was not running or biking. I was completely in someone's yard when this happened to me. But because of what happened to me and the way that it did, like, I'm just shocked when when these people are running and biking in some of the most dangerous little areas. Um, and I don't know what's against the law and what isn't. Like, you know, I never have my back to traffic. Oh, never. Um, Me neither. Like, but there's so many runners and joggers and bikers that the traffic, their their back is towards yep. it. They don't see what's coming behind them That's at right. all. And they're in that little tiny lane. It's just insane. Yeah, I have, I have no just, desire to uh, ride a bike because I don't trust traffic behind me to ride the lane. Like, I, I might would mountain bike, you know, like on some trails or something, but I don't want to, as far as road biking on a road where I'm going with the traffic, I don't want nothing to do with that. No way. Not nowadays. With all these yeah. people texting, man, it, it makes me it makes me paranoid. I'm paranoid uh, just running, you know. And I'm always running, facing the traffic. But even then, you can tell when somebody's not paying attention because when you're on these country roads, they're thinking, well, there's nobody around. I'm going to play on my phone. And you can tell when they're not paying attention because on a country road, if you're running towards them, usually they'll start getting over, you know, way before you see them. But sometimes you'll just notice that they're not getting over and you're like, okay, they don't see me, so I'm going to go ahead and get in the grass and run in the grass. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, it's scary. It's very and, scary. I, I mean, I'm just shocked, though, because I still see it all the time. And, oh, yeah. 
there was just a high schooler just died here in town because he was running with his back against traffic and same thing like a car clipped him Mm. he was not on the sidewalk he was in the biker lane um it just blows my mind like like people have to be more aware of their surroundings and safety and just don't ever have your back towards traffic because you just don't know yeah (laughs) you know you just don't know and and i see it every day it's just can be so avoidable but i think pedestrians have to help make it be avoidable don't just act like you own the road yeah don't don't, yeah don't don't trust it you know yeah exactly (laughs) i mean and i Uh, it's crazy and i think uh, really honestly i think as terrible as as that happened and and i had a i had a lawyer that has a copy of the 911 calls and he said i don't think you want to listen to them they were very terrible mm. so i've never to this day i've never listened to them but but this happening to me um it just makes me value everything in this life that is free that's right in front of our faces right you know um relationships um just being outside period you know just everything you know beach sand you're right <laughs> i mean you know when i i notice if i'm in a grocery store now and i used to be one of those where you know you kind of get pissed if somebody is in the 10 items or less lane, you know, and they have 20 items, you know, stuff like that used to bother me. But really, I really don't get bothered by little things like that anymore because I just think for a minute, I would, I, you know, I wouldn't even be here to bitch about that. I'm just, I'm so lucky that I'm alive. So I definitely, I don't think, um, have a lot of patience and I just, I don't, I'm, I'm much better about letting little things that shouldn't matter so much, you know, not bother me. Right. So, so and once you took up running, like I can imagine it, you just being really paranoid to run on the streets around cars and stuff after that happened. I, I mean, how hard was that to kind of get over that or have you, I mean, are you still kind of well, have problems with it? Um, because of my arm and, and everything after this happened, um, I, for a little while there before I found all the happiness and, and all the joy of, I'm so lucky and thankful to be alive and survive that. And it's crazy. I don't have worse injuries and all this stuff. Yeah. I actually went up and down with some depression. And I guess that is very common with people in a traumatic accident. Um, uh, everything dropped. I didn't run for a year. I didn't, I didn't pick it up. I didn't do anything for a whole year. And, uh, I, I was also going through, um, a bad, a bad relationship. Um, I had, I was with somebody for a few years after, um, after my divorce and, uh, I was going I was going through a lot. I was going through physical and mental abuse and, uh, and then the accident happening. Like I just, Mm. um, yeah, I, I, 
was going through a lot and um my boss my boss's daughter at the time she always made jokes like um sarah i'm i'm gonna I want to find someone for you. I want to fix you up with the right person and things like that. And I was like, I don't need you to fix me up with anybody. I don't, I don't, I don't need to meet anyone. (laughs) You know, I'm okay to, I, I should be by myself and, you know, all these things. And I was really an introvert. And with my job, I am like Rapunzel. I work in these big, huge homes for, I'm a personal assistant for people um, and it's very, I'm really kind of isolated. It's probably why I've stuttered during the interview and stuff. <laughs> like I'm not very, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of an introvert. And anyway, um, my boss's daughter one day, she, she walked into this pizza restaurant and, uh, there was a guy sitting on a stool and, uh, she just start, struck up a conversation when she was waiting for her order. And it's like, hey, are you, I, I don't want to sound weird. Do you have, are, are you available? Like, nah. he, he thought it was funny. Like, you don't, he was worried. Like, is she asking, is she asking for herself? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I am. And I guess she, she, what? what she had always warned me that she was going to do, like, I'm going to set you up on a blind date. And I was always against it. I was like, I've never gone on a blind date in my (laughs) life. I'm not about to now. (laughs) Like, you know, um, I got a phone call one day and she said, "Um, I hope you're not going to be mad at me, but I gave (laughs) your number out today. I was like, what are you talking about? Of course I'm going to be mad at you. And she's like, just, just let me, let me tell you the details. And so, um, the way I met Bruce was, it was completely set up and it was a blind date. And, (laughs) um, that's funny. It, uh, it really changed my life, honestly, because everything that I was trying to kind of start on my own before Mm -hmm. he was even in the picture, I wanted to start running again. I wanted to, I wanted to find something. I wanted to find a new outlet, something for me, you know, coming out of, you know, some hardship and some things I was dealing with. And uh, he really, he really changed my life when I met him. So um, that's where the running and the OCR and everything began. <laughs> All right. Okay. Wait, 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 Sarah. You, you jumped way ahead. <laughs> I want to hear about this first blind date. Did did Bruce like come and pick you up on his moped? Like, tell us the details of the, how did this first date go? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> so he, I remember like being so scared to go on this date. I was completely. Um, I changed my outfit like fifteen times. Oh, wow. I was like, what do I wear? Like, you know, because think about it. I was, you know, with my kid's dad for 11 years. And then I was in a, you know, something after that for several. I I don't date. I don't have a list. I don't have a, I just have a, you know, a couple of long relationships. And that takes up my whole life. Right. (laughs) So... I was so nervous and I just 
put my hair up and down 15 times, changed everything. And the second, like, the second I opened that door when the doorbell rang um, and looked up and I saw him, I just, like, his big brown eyes, like, I I was just, like, I just put my head down. I just kind of bowed my head down, like, oh, shit. <laughs> I kind of, it's like, I... Like, oh no. <laughs> I like looked down because I just when I locked eyes with him, I was just immediately just my cheeks turned red and I was like, Oh god, I like his eyes. <laughs> That's funny. So did you did you see a picture of him before and, before y'all went on a date? Um, I she did send me okay. one, but it was a it was a he was like in a group picture. Right. And so I saw it, so but I wasn't um, I was like, okay, I guess I'm, my thought at the time was I'm going to go on this date just because it's already set up and this is just in the step of the right direction of like, you know, getting over and through the bullshit I was leaving, Right. <laughs> you know, like getting past all of that. Okay. I'm going to meet more people. I'm going to meet new friends. So if anything, I'm meeting a new friend. I didn't look at it. I had zero expectations and I, I didn't, I wasn't looking, I didn't want anything. So I, um, so yeah, I saw, I saw one before we met, but it was completely different when he opened the door. Right. And, uh, we, did he take you to his pizza restaurant? <laughs> No, we went to St. Augustine and we went and we, uh, we did putt-putt. We played putt-putt. And, uh, I was the only one that got a hole in one. He beat me. He beat me by a couple of, um, by a couple of points, but I did. He's such a sore loser. He couldn't even let his date, you know, win. (laughs) It was the first date. He should have been like, uh, you beat me. You know, he should have let you win. Like, oh man. It was funny. No, he didn't. He didn't let me beat him. I think he was surprised, though, that I was. He didn't blast me away either. Right. Like I'm naturally, I'm I'm pretty decent at anything. I try really. Like I'm not. I, I'm just. I don't know. I pick stuff up easily. I think. But anyway, so he didn't blast me away. I think he beat me by like two points. But we can verify that because I think he still has the card. <laughs> he's got the little scorecard but um and then we just went to eat we went to a restaurant but i told him i already ate and i didn't even want to eat in front of him because i was just nervous right. like i said i'm 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 just i'm actually very shy i like to come across that i'm not but i am right <laughs> and uh i just remember him looking up and he said so did you have fun and I, all I said was one word. I was like, yeah. He's like, well, do you want to do it again? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like, that wasn't, I was just still pretty reserved and quiet. And I'm sure he just wanted to still, you know, figure me out. But, um, so it was fun. And we pretty much have spent all the time we can together since then. So worked out <laughs> that's awesome did he try to sell you on how he used to be a drummer in a hair metal band that first date 
I know I tripped out when he posted that on Instagram too. <clears throat> yeah, it's funny. No, it's really funny. But it's nice to I've never I've never been with anyone that has shared shared hobbies and shared um you know, he introduced me like I had in Valdosta I did like a color run and right. I did a mud what's it called? What's the OCR race? What was there one called? T- no, not Tough Mudder. What, what was the other one? Uh, Warrior Dash. Yes, I did a Warrior Dash. Um, I did a couple of things, and every time, so I actually had heard about them. I went with a group, um, but nobody ever did them like hardcore and trained for them, right? And Wanted to do them again. So I do something and mention doing it again. And whatever little pack of friends I was with, none of them wanted to do it. <laughs> and so I just have never had anyone to, to, you know, share it. And so, you know, it fills us out. Cause I would, I wouldn't go do things like that by myself. Yeah. And so it's nice that, I mean, I, anything to do with games and competitions and teams or just any of that. Like I'm first in line always. Like I love, I love this stuff. Right. Me too. So, um, it's nice to, it's nice to, um, pack up and go off and go off together and run these things. So, and it was our, this past weekend was my very first, um, first female overall and it was on the day that he he was the first um male overall and so it was nice to like share that that was really cool that was a good that was a good memory yeah because uh bruce's son uh vincent he also got first place too so that was pretty cool all three of y'all got first place yeah he did and then he was what like um 12 or 13 overall yeah vincent was and he's only 15 years old yeah He's doing awesome. Yeah, he's going to be awesome when he grows up. Oh, yeah. Already running sub-five-minute miles and track, so he's going to be bad. <laughs> so, Definitely. You know, you meet Bruce, and, and he's already doing this OCR stuff, but what made you decide, hey, you know what, I want to try this too? Did he kind of twist your arm into it, or was it something you just decided you wanted to do anyway? No, because definitely, since I since I had run one, one here or there, it wasn't actually a Spartan, but and I, and no one just ever really wanted to do them with me, and it just kind of was forgotten about. Um, I met him, and my first uh, I met him September eighteenth, and my very first race just to try it see how it was was december 2018 in mulberry florida that was my very first race i think i met you that weekend too hmm? i met you that weekend too i believe Ah, i think so yeah so that was my very first race i was gonna do open he told me to do age group (laughs) so it would be less people and we could leave earlier that day and so that's the only reason i went in age group my very first race and I think I was like 15th or 18th but I was completely hooked because you right. know at that point I wasn't running yet I wasn't training I wasn't doing anything 
And so Mulberry, 2019, one year later, I was second place, same race. So just one year, just 12 months of running and training and stuff, um, I made such a little comeback a year later. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So I was proud of that. Um, and, uh, no, I completely, it's all, it's how, how many weeks do they say it takes to form a new habit? Was it a month, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, something like that, like, or three weeks, something like that. Yeah. I mean, the habit has formed, and it's now, like, what's changed, you know, for this year is uh, while I was injured, maybe that was a that was a blessing in disguise, too, you know, like, having that foot sprain, um, so the first four months of this year, all I've done is strength train. I've, I've threw barbells around more and, and that's something my entire life, I never lifted weights. Like I thought that was for guys. Like I am a tough, you know, scrappy country girl. Like I grew up on the country and stuff, but I'm still like girly. Like I, I don't, um, you know, like I said, I thought bench pressing and stuff dudes do that women don't do that right <laughs> you know so really now that i realize how important it is for women um and you look great you look better if you start lifting weights um i've embraced it more just really the past 90 days like and i've already seen it i mean when i met him i couldn't even do two push-ups um and now like I guess I need to see how many I can do in a row, like <laughs> with perfect form and everything. But like, it's just incredible how quickly um, you can really gain strength if you stick to it. Yeah. You know? And that's what's helping me get clean races. Like I, I had my third one in a row. Really, that's awesome. I mean, I've had six races this year. Um, if I didn't, if the spear didn't fall out on two of them. You know, I would have a clean year already, like the whole year. So I, I'm, it's all due to the recent strength um, and, and lifting, trying, even if it's just one day a week. Um, because a lot of people, you know, Bruce is a personal trainer and everything, so they just assume that I get all this great personal training and everything, and I don't. Um, he's booked. Yeah, he's, he was telling me about that this past weekend at Palm Beach. He was telling me he just hadn't been running as much because he's so busy. He says sometimes he's been running at like 3 a.m. just to get in his run because he's so busy right. training and all. Yeah, so not only has his training, you know, it's his job, and he knew it would slowly uh, might, you know, happen where he's spending less time on his runs and training because, you know, that's his career. That's his yeah. job to stay busy and and, and, and it's great that his schedule is, is pretty stacked right now. And so if I, I have only been attending his class, 530 to 630, like huh. twice a week. Wow. So I, I haven't, um, I've been training a little bit with, uh, with, uh, a gym owner, a friend of friend of ours a little bit here and there when I can pop in, but unless I do it on my own or go to our gym, get it core fitness, which is amazing. Yeah. 
Um, I go to his class, but I, I don't get any special treatment or extra training. Like we, now we, we, we made a joke. He's like, well, I'm your Mr. Miyagi. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's still, you know, verbally will give me tips or training, or if he sees something, he'll fix something. But, um, I, I don't, I don't get, um, the one-on-one time anymore and I miss it. I miss it. <laughs> I know. I, I remember when the first time I interviewed Bruce, you know, he had the pizza restaurant and it wasn't too long after that he sold the pizza restaurant and went into doing the personal training. And I just wonder if when he sold that, I wonder if he thought, well, I'll be less busy once I start training, you know, I won't have to be, you know, attending this restaurant you know 24 7 all the time and uh, it sounds like now he's more busy being a personal trainer than he was working at the restaurant yeah i mean really he is because and especially in hot florida you know when once it's 100 degrees you don't want to do anything outside so if he's booked at 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 a.m yeah you know by noon when he has a little window say 12 to 2 and then of course he has some evening stuff too but like that's just hard yeah and i mean for us you need to be outside or you need to be on a trail or just street running i i don't i don't recommend being on a treadmill all the time but Mm. there you know how hot it gets here and really that's what all people can do you know so he definitely misses getting up early and getting to do as much as he can. And I do too. Like I, if I don't get it done first thing in the morning, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. So I try to get up and knock it out before that hot sun comes up. Right. Does Bruce, Mm -hmm. does Bruce make a good homemade pizza? (laughs) Well, I have one of those little green eggs. Right. And uh, I want to buy a stone for it. So we have yet to make a homemade pizza yet. What a slacker. (laughs) Y'all have been together for how long? And he hasn't made you like a personal secret recipe pizza? I know. You need to get on to him. Almost almost three years. The hell's his problem. Yeah, three years. That's funny. Um, Exactly. I I want that. I want to make the dough. I want it to rise all day. And we need to make homemade ones. Hell yeah, that sounds good. So, Sarah, out of everybody that I've ever met or known, like when we were in Charlotte a few weeks ago, you had one of the closest finishes and you lost third place in your age group because of it. And you were like uh, less than a half of a second from being third place. Yes. Spartans should, they should definitely have ties. They should. (laughs) Because, so, okay, guys, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but I was confused. Like, they had the girl's name as third place and me as fourth, and our minute and seconds were to the T. I'm trying to think what it was. Let's say 43-23. So it said 43 minutes and 23 seconds for her and me. And I was like, well, how is this? Like, um why does it not say Sarah Hernandez third and this girl fourth? Like, I just didn't understand it. (laughs) So I went in the time and chip area or the tent as, and I was all happy. And, uh, I was like, Hey guys, 
did I just tie? Did we get a tie and you can't put two threes up there by our names? <laughs> <laughs> you can't put two threes, so I have the four, but did we like tie? <laughs> huh? And uh, they're like, no, you. they kind of cracked a smile. Like, they're like, this rare, this. This doesn't happen happen often, but come here. Let, let us show you something, how it's broken down. So all of our timing chips also have milliseconds that don't show up on the boards or like your athletes. Um, they don't show you the millisecond part, but basically less than like a quarter of a second, there was a difference. And uh, um, so I got fourth place by like not even a blink of an eye. Mm. <laughs> and you know what? Instead of being upset, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Um, because everyone was making fun of me because I told them like I swung by one of the tables and got some water. <laughs> yep. And they're like, what? You never do that during a sprint. Yep. Valuable lesson learned that day. Yeah. Like I didn't know. I thought, yep. and I'm still, you know, we took 2020 off. Okay. So it's not like <laughs> I'm, as much as you want to think at that start line. I'm like, yeah, I'm a savage. I'm about to wreck everybody. I'm about <laughs> to do so well. Like, no, like I'm, I was uh, running with my heart rate monitor on and I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of pace myself so I won't get tired. Like I was just almost back into rookie, rookie, like mindset. Like I just couldn't turn that crazy, crazy side on that I have, that crazy race mode side. So um so because i lost by less than a second a quarter of a second <laughs> um i was like man this is not gonna happen to me tomorrow I, I refuse to let this happen so same exact race the next day it's like this shit's not gonna happen <laughs> and that's all i kept saying to myself i'm like nope um I got a cut where I knew, like, I didn't wear my heart rate monitor. I wasn't going to stare at anything. I was just going to go. And that's what I did. And I was a little over five minutes faster, five whole minutes faster. <laughs> so that just, that I did learn something from Charlotte. Like, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Don't think right. the only, well, I take that back. The one thing. I do think about is when all those people, right when they say go and they're sprinting like a three minute mile out yep. from the start line. Okay. That's a little dumb. Yep. I never do that's that. The <laughs> only thing, that's the only thing I look down at my watch and I let the initial pass all these people pass me. Cause I'm like, I'm going to be passing them in, in a minute. I'll just, you know, yep. so I never, I don't take off hard, but then I find like a steady, I don't know, like something just clicked the past couple races and I'm not staring at my watch and trying to figure all these things out. I am no longer overthinking things. And so far that's serving me well. That's right. <laughs> it's kind of one of those things, like the more races you do, like the more comfortable you get with everything, all aspects of the race too. 
You know, like yeah. I, I never really have a game plan on pacing when I when I go out, and I probably should, especially for like longer distances. But it's kind of like I I do it like kind of on feel of preserve, you know, of like effort, and like when and you it's easy to get caught up in everybody's hauling ass out of the gate. And that'll probably be the only time where I'll check my watch and make sure I'm not running in the five-minute mile pace or the low sixes because I know that, you know, that's like a 5K street pace for me, you know, being low sixes. And I know I can't handle that in the trail. So there's no sense in trying to do it out of the gate because I'm just going to blow myself up. Yep. Yeah, so that's the only thing I watch now. But then other than that, I don't look at it at all. And so I'm definitely figuring it out and doing better. And um, even with fear, like I've been, I'm super excited. Like a lot of people are, are so worried about it. But now that's that's actually becoming my favorite spot. What, the spear? Yeah. <laughs> I know everybody yeah. Everybody always wants to say, well, what should I work on the week leading up to the race? I was like, I don't give a shit what you do. You better be throwing that spear mm-hmm. <laughs> to get comfortable oh, with definitely. that spear in your hand and know what you're going to do when you come up to it on race day, you know? Yeah. Yep. I just, uh, I don't know. I've, I've gotten really good at it. Well, that's that's good because I mean that's like one that's one obstacle that you know a lot of the the females have trouble with. Oh yeah, I saw so many elite girls like the whole there was four four oh, yeah. elite women doing burpees all at the same time. Yep. Um. So it was nice this past weekend racing both days and not having to do any at all. Yep. Because <laughs> you went clean both days and got first well, in your age group both days, right? Yeah, both days. That's awesome. And um, it was just a good. It was a good feeling because, again, I haven't, I haven't even been running much. I'm just now getting back to it because I was really limited. De- December, January, February, I just didn't do much because I hurt my feet. Right. <laughs> like I, I tried to copy this hurt Olympic. It was a dumbass move. Okay, I didn't just. hurt myself because of form like i did a stupid trick and hurt myself so i just had to wait for it to heal and get better because i would but anyway i tried to copy this warm-up jumping bounding leap thing that olympic hurdlers do Uh so i just did some dumb dumb stuff like that outside i hurt my foot i tried to still run on it but i was changing i was changing up my form which caused my left foot i hurt the metatarsal bones um so like i just messed myself up for like a good four months and so now if i'm doing well on barely running at all um next week next week i start speed work again and i have programmed runs uh to do and things to just build my speed back up so i'm excited to see uh how much faster i can get um the sprint is definitely my favorite out of the super and the beast the sprint's my favorite because i kind of have it mastered i know that i can 
pass every obstacle, obstacles with ease. And if I start doing my speed work, I really, I honestly feel kind of untouchable in a sprint. I right. do. I will say that. That's how my confidence is really getting up there with sprints. But I'm probably going to get my ass handed to me in the mountains <laughs> just because I'm in Florida. I'm going to start um, once a week running the stairwells, this big building here. Right. It's 12 stories. So I'm going to try to do some stuff to get ready for, you know, anything with some crazy elevation. Like, I think my confidence is actually going to drop back down. But we'll see. You'll be we'll fine. <laughs> I can't, yeah. like, there's been a bunch of races where me, because it's flat here where I'm at too, well, you know, and, you know, some of the mountain races like Asheville and Killington, you know, in New Jersey even, like, those have been races where I thought I was going to get my ass handed to me just because I'm not used to it. But I actually did very well, you know. It's just, it's, I, I just th think it all depends on the day and if you got your shit together, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, in a perfect yeah, world, yeah, it would be better if we could train there. But I don't think it affects, I don't think it affects a lot of how it makes yeah. you a good or a better runner. Because it's only the top elites or the people that are in the top of their game that are going to be running those steep inclines. Most people yeah. are going to have to be walking or power hiking that. So I really don't think it has to do with how good are you going uphill. I think it has a lot to do with your aerobic engine and how long you can be on your feet, you know, and feel That's comfortable. True. That has a big play in it. And if you're great at um bombing the downhills yeah which i love i love that me too <laughs> me too west west so west virginia was my first beast and only i've only done two right ever it was tahoe and west virginia and um i was i was go i was flying down this mountain and my toe hit a rock and i did a flip down the mountain <laughs> but it was okay it was okay <laughs> we made it <laughs> that's awesome but I like it because you just don't know what's going to happen. Right. Like, this is either going to end amazing or not very well at all. <clears throat> all right. Well, Sarah, we're on an hour now, but I always have some questions that I ask everybody that comes on the show. And so those questions are, to this day, what has been your most favorite race and why? I would say, um, I would say Lake Lanier, and I think they did away with it this year, but the Lake Lanier, Georgia, I want to say that was my very first podium, and it was, uh, I, I was second, I got silver, I think I missed my spear on that one, Right. so I was in the running for, for my very first um, gold. But I missed my sphere, but I just remember it was so beautiful, and I just had, I don't know, like, I, I think that's where I was figuring out, like, man, I'm getting a little bit stronger, yeah. a little bit faster, and so that was my favorite race, and that's an awesome I don't know venue. why they got rid of it this year. Um, it's, I, I imagine that being that neighborhood and all, it's probably hard to put on a race there anyway, just because it's such a kind of a nice venue. Yeah, it was a nice venue, yeah, like it's super real cool. restrooms, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I remember that was the race that Bruce had strep, too. 
Because he said he felt like shit, and I knew he felt oh, like shit yeah. because I was on his heels a lot of the race, and I failed my spear, and I want to say I was in second right behind Bruce, but I failed my spear and ended up getting, I think I got fifth in my age group or something. Yep, he was sick for a week when we got home, yep. and I, got, I, I, took it, I took it personal because I didn't want him to like avoid me for a week because he was sick. And I was like, I don't care if you get me sick. I'm coming to see you. No. <laughs> so, yep, I remember that. So that was my favorite race, just because it has real restrooms. I hate, I hate porta potties. I don't know. You know, at first, I at first I hated the porta potties, but now I've gotten so used to it. It's like I don't know. It's just comfortable to use it. I mean, we get the <laughs> we get there so early in the morning. They're usually clean now. Like if I had to go back to it, like at two or three o'clock in the afternoon, I probably wouldn't care for it either. <laughs> but yeah, yeah you, you're right. That that is a cool venue because they have the the bathrooms there. That's really cool too. Okay, so my next question is, is what is the race that was your least favorite and why? Oh, wow. Um, I know exactly. I would say Palm Beaches, Palm Beaches 2019, the one that I just did so well in over the weekend, you know, two years ago, 2019, it was a nightmare. Um a girl, a fellow racer, um, all of her rocks fell out of her bucket right at the beginning of the bucket carry. Right. And myself and another girl called out, oh, just grab a new bucket. Because she looked puzzled. She froze for a second, like, what should I do? Right. So she, pit, she picked up a, a few of the rocks and put them in her bucket <laughs> and then just kept going. But I'm talking like five rocks, okay? Yeah, because five. we had the lids on them at that race, too, because I was at that race, too. Yeah, so I let that kind of consume me. I was doing so well. Um, there was about four of us that were together, the top four, first, second, third, fourth. We were running the whole thing side by side. Um, you know, someone pass you on one obstacle, you pass them on the next. I yeah. mean, it was really neck and neck. All the rocks fell out, and I called back, just grab a new bucket, just grab a new bucket. And uh, Well, that's what you're supposed to do. And then I called back, well, you got to tell them. And she's like, I will tell them. I'm not a cheater. And I was like, I didn't say that. So we just kind of went back and forth a little bit. And uh, she told the volunteer, which looked like she was 16, and like a deer in headlights. Yeah. Oh, my rocks fell out. What should I do? At the end, not the beginning. And the girl's like, it's fine. Go ahead. Oh, my God. So it of course she told so her that. bad. The next thing was like monkey bars. I was so fuming and mad. Um, I just, I watched her sail through the monkey bars. And I, I went, uh, like the fourth ring rung, I fell off. And I'm so mad. I'm in the burpee pit. <laughs> Me and another girl were talking about it as we're doing our burpees. And uh, and then I jumped up. I wasn't quite sure if I hit the 30 or not. I think I did. And I took off. So, we t you know, we talked to the results. Like, results took forever. Podiums were so delayed that day of all these people talking about all these problems that happened on the race. And... Um, Basically, when I left that day, my time was a certain time, and I noticed that, like, 
a day or two later, I just looked at it on Athlinks and I had a 10 minute penalty added. And I was confused because I thought after awards, you, you are what you are, whatever your time is. That's what I thought too. Yeah. So anyway, I had a 10 minute penalty. I sent in a Spartan email. I, I, I was like, where did this come from? This, this is a mistake. And it, I have the email. It said, well, it looks like um, they reviewed, and although you did you did do 30 burpees, um, half of them were, were in proper form. And so there was no way to, for me to ever review the footage, but I'm not arguing with them. I was pissed. I was still a new racer. It's only like my fourth race. I just let someone you know, a mistake. And I'm sure she's a good girl. And you know what I mean? Like I just let a bunch of dumb shit bother me. I should have finished out and not, that's another thing. Like I don't worry about anybody else but myself now. So I learned a lesson from that. So who knows, you know, I never got to review the footage. You know, they did acknowledge that I did do 30, but half of them didn't count. So like, I don't know. I just learned a lot from my, from racing and and now um you know like i don't let like i said anything else going on i don't let it throw me off my focus so i'm good about that now Hmm. and then of course proper perfect form you know if if i were to do burpees i i shout them and i go to the center of the camera when i'm doing Um, burpees i'm in kindergarten and i'm counting out loud yep (laughs) <laughs> yep, exactly. So now there, I mean, that something like that will never happen. I don't, I mean, it's embarrassing if you miss a couple or if you have shit form. Mm. So like, that's just something that, you know, I learned in 2019. And um, yeah, you can't, like I said, if something's going on around you, you can't let it ruin the rest of your race. That's right. You know, just focus, finish out hard, yeah. finish out right. You know, and uh, and you never know the race is the race isn't over until it's over. So you need to, you know, run as hard as you can every chance you can. And, you know, don't leave seconds out there, you know. Yeah. And you know what? If you make a mistake, if you end up falling off something, you've never failed it. You're like, what the fuck? I never fail. I never fail this. Like, how did this just happen? Then you know what? It's meant to be. If you lost your spot. And you have to do your 30 burpees and you lose a spot. Guess what? That's how the cards cards yep. were that, that time. You just have to finish it and be honorable and and just not worry about it. Just that's how OCR that goes. Fuel, fuel you for the next race. So that's what I would say my takeaway was from having a crap race and getting a penalty and stuff like that in 2019. Right. So, Sarah, what is your race ritual that you go through? Like, what do you do Friday night? What do you eat for dinner? Do you eat the same thing for breakfast before the race? Like, how do you do to, like, mentally prepare for a race weekend? So, my so my breakfast is usually, a like, before a race will be a banana and two eggs. Two plain eggs. Right. That's it. Um, so, something light. Something light. And then, it's crazy. Um... I don't have a pre-race. Does Bruce get I up and cook you eggs in the morning? <laughs> he he does <laughs> make me eggs. He makes me eggs sometimes. 
Well, that's good. He does. <laughs> it's because he has the same thing. He has a couple eggs and a banana, too. Oh. So we just, I mean, seriously, it's really ridiculous how many things that he loves and I love, too. We all the same food, the same shows, everything. So it's it's pretty nice. But um, uh, now I could be a little better about dinners. Um <laughs> Because honestly, before this race weekend, I had Chipotle, Olive Garden, and then I had mellow mushroom pizzas after the race. So I'm pretty healthy during the weekdays. Like I just try to eat whole foods, um, meats, vegetables, fruits. I try to just eat pretty wholesome. I don't go overboard. Like I don't care if something's not organic. I'm going. I'm going to eat it. Yeah. You know, I'm not overboard, but. Um, but then on the weekends, I'm terrible. I eat whatever I want. Yeah. And so maybe I could become a better athlete if I was, <laughs> if I had some sort of diet plan or I could probably have like a 12 pack of abs if I was like perfectly ate clean yeah. all the time in weekends. But I don't, it's like, huh, do I want to have some ice cream and wine today or do I want a 12 pack? I think I'm going to pick the ice ice cream and wine <laughs> i'm like I, I i i'm a small size but is is it is it perfection no but i don't care i'm i'm happy with how things are going so um but i do wonder you know all the elite women how regimen are they you know like how how strict are they how much do they splurge when yeah. do they ever you know like alcohol for example i use it as a reward Right. You know, so I have it just occasionally. Um, so I do wonder, I'm fascinated with everybody else's eating habits because I don't have anything. Um, I, I don't really have a plan. I just kind of have what I want. <laughs> and, and you know, and to me, and I mean, I can pretty much, you know, eat whatever. And I, I usually don't have problems with my stomach and all. But, you know, we we went and got pizza directly after the race Saturday. And we were pretty full. Like, we got an extra large pizza, me and Michael. We split it. And then, like, for dinner, we didn't really want nothing, but we kind of wanted something sweet. So we went mm-hmm. to Krispy Kreme, and me and him split a dozen donuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, a dozen? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> so I ate, six, we ate, I ate six donuts that night before we went to bed. And I remember standing in the start corral the next day and i was like shit i feel like i ate pizza and donuts yesterday but you know yeah that was a little much but (laughs) at the end of the race i cut a minute off my time sunday so i don't know Oh dang! yeah Yeah. that is awesome (laughs) oh yeah um but it it was probably just because i knew the course a little better too so you did a little more of a splurge than i did i definitely we had pizza also we had a bunch of pizza that that um, Saturday night for dinner, but I didn't follow it up with a half a dozen donuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the donuts was our dinner. The pizza was our lunch, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Well, Sarah... I had a McFlurry the next day, Ooh. like on the way home. Oh, yeah. Just because it was the only ice cream, I, like if there was a better option, I would have gotten something else. Yeah, like a um, blizzard. Yeah, exactly. Like an extra large blizzard. Yep. I, I walked into a Dairy Queen one time and I took a large soda drink cup and I was like, hey, can you please make my blizzard in this cup? 
<laughs> What'd they say? Uh, no. <laughs> they just, no one had ever asked that. I took the biggest cup they had. And I was like, can you please make my blizzard in this cup? <laughs> what, what's your go-to blizzard flavor? Uh, ooh. I don't know. Don't they have like a, they have like a cookie dough brownie? Yeah. Or something? Yeah, Anything that's what with mine. lots of toppings in it, yeah. I'm all, all about it. Yeah, I usually get extra toppings no matter what I get. My go-to is either cookie dough or the Butterfinger. Right. Throw them both in the same. <laughs> you know, the more toppings, the better. Exactly. And I can't eat cake. I can't eat any desserts without ice cream. Yep, that's me. I like, I like eating together. cake with ice cream, and I'll mix it up, too. That's what yeah, like yeah, exactly. Make yeah. your own little blizzard. Exactly. It's like... No, see, now I want ice cream. Yeah, plain ice cream to me is <laughs> is not fun. Like, I like putting it's stuff not. in my ice cream. Gotta smash some stuff into your ice cream. Yeah, man, I love, like, <laughs> mixing, like, Nature's Valley granola and ice cream is so good. Yeah, or peanuts. Or yeah. peanuts or just whatever's around. Yep, or any yeah, kind of, like, sugary food. cereal listen, and ice cream. this is very important for everybody to know. <laughs> the number one worst food in the world that I absolutely hate is olives. Ooh, I do not like olives either. Ah, they're terrible. I would rather eat a bug. Leanne's, Leanne's youngest, Henley, he's six years old, and he will eat black olives out of the can. Oh, my God, no. Hell no. I God, couldn't do it. No. Like, I'll eat black olives, like, if they're on a pizza or something, you know? But, mm -hmm. you know, as far as just eating an olive by itself, nope, I'm not doing that. And I'll, yeah, I'll eat just about either. anything. But I, I, I can, I one thing Bruce, I cannot eat is cabbage. I do not like cabbage. Not at all. <laughs> well, I told Bruce that the only way he can ever get me to eat or try an olive is um, in Paris. <laughs> are the olives better in paris or something well supposedly like over in italy or whatever or you know anywhere over there i guess i i don't know if i said paris but basically italy like right. i said i will only eat one when you take me there right That's sarah <clears throat> so i'm out of questions but tell us something <laughs> about bruce that's like super embarrassing i know you know something <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think it's super embarrassing, but he loves Guitar Hero. Oh, does he? <laughs> yes. Yep. So he's really good at it. <laughs> oh wow! Really, so, so it's funny because he is—he is a serious person, and people people give him shit about always seeming like he's always serious and stuff. Um, so it's funny to see him jamming out to his little plastic guitar on the couch. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I can't say nothing. I played Guitar Hero 2 when it came out, and it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, um, Bruce, but really there's not much embarrassing stuff about him. And Bruce is a real serious guy. I used to always, you know, I hadn't done it in a while, but at the start of a race, I would always come up behind him and hug him and just holler as loud as I could, I love Bruce Jackson. I know, and guess what? <laughs> he loves that. So there was a race that you were at, and you didn't do that, and it was talked about several hours after the race later. He's like, Scott didn't say I love Bruce Jackson today. <laughs> He missed it. That's funny. And then it's funny, during a recent podium, you shouted it yep. when he went up. And I was going to shout it too, but then I just 
didn't because I'm not loud in public. So I was like, <laughs> I love him too. And you can hear it because I'm filming him on his podium. So you can hear it in the the video, but I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't shout it. <laughs> That's funny. Bruce, Bruce is good people. Both of y'all are good people, and his sons are his sons are good people too, man. It's awesome seeing a dad and his two sons just all get together, and they love the sport, you know, and they all do it. We miss Dominic out there, you know. I know he's what he's doing some some field hockey stuff or something. I think Bruce was telling yeah, me that. Yeah, um, he he, um, and he's just getting ready for college. You know, he's got a girlfriend. He's got a bunch of friends. He was playing lacrosse. Like he does have a lot going on. Right. And he's so, he's so intelligent and he is, he's so, he's great at Spartan too. So it would be nice when he gets to race again, you know, cause he's, he's just a natural, like he, he, you know, hasn't been doing anything Spartan for over a year, but he could just go out there and crush it. Like that's just how his boys are, you know? Right. Awesome. Sarah, what would you tell like for the, the the women that are you know up and coming in the sport for like a woman that might be running the open heats and she's thinking about coming to do the age group or the elite heats but they're kind of worried or scared about it what like what would you say to the the women in the sport that are a little nervous about it you know um i don't think you should be nervous about it um i mean most most women i know um I mean, are we talking about ones that want to be serious and try to compete or they're just doing it for fun? Or just what advice would you give for women that are, you know, getting into OCR? Um, I don't know. A lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of running, like do a lot of running so you won't burn yourself out, you know, try to build your endurance up, push ups, bar hangs, um, just really all body weight exercises you you don't have to leave your house to get stronger for a race i mean i truly believe that um you know just just try to get as conditioned as you can because you need to be conditioned to do these if you are wanting to do more than just run it for fun in a tutu you know which is still (laughs) great you know it's still great to go out and do them for fun but i mean if you're wanting to like man challenge yourself and see how well you can do um you gotta you gotta put the work in you've you've got a condition you've got to run you've got to um you know do what you can push-ups um if you can't do a pull-up do bar hangs get an assisted band um lots of lunges uh you know i just the the better conditioned you are the the easier it will be for you to tackle these and i'm lucky enough to have an ocr gym nearby you know 10 miles away to be able to yeah but i mean even like for example for doing farmers carries go get a pair of kettlebells and like you know not only is that we have carries during the race but um that builds your grip strength up as well Hmm. right on well hey sarah i know i've already held you way over an hour but uh i i just want to i just want to tell you i appreciate you uh taking the time to do this and uh you want to tell people where they can follow you on social or anything um, I have, I have a Facebook I rarely, rarely use, but I have an Instagram, um, it's Sarah 
S-A-R-A-H-J-R-7. So it looks like Sarah Jr. 7. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Well, thanks for uh, talking to us, Sarah. And uh, we'll see you. Uh, I guess I'll see you in Fayetteville, right? Yeah, so that, that'll be my very first trifecta. I'm going to try to do all three in one weekend. I've never done that, so that'll be a first for me. Right on. You'll have to move up to an ultra sometime. I want I want to. I definitely want to. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe before the year's over. Cool. All right, Sarah, we'll talk to you then. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Sarah again for taking time to talk to us. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook and leave a review and I'll read it on the next episode. Uh, my next race is going to be Quest for the Crest um, 10K. It's on a Sunday. I think it's May the 16th. It's a run bum race. It's close to Marion, North Carolina. That's where we're staying anyway, but I think it's like maybe a 30 minute drive from there. My next Spartan race will be the Fayetteville Ultra. And if I feel good after that, I'm going to run the Super and the Sprint that next day. And I think that's like the last weekend in June is that race. So if you see me at those races, come up to me and say what's up. Uh, Also, I want to give a shout out to my buddy Michael Robertson. Even though he's the biggest dickhead you'll ever meet. We ran our first year of Spartan races in 2015. All open, you know, just trying to get our three-time trifecta that year. And in 2016, you know, I decided that, you know, I wanted to run elite, you know, just to compare myself to what, you know, everybody's doing. And he said, you know what, I'm going to do it too. And, uh, you know, Michael's, I mean, I ain't going to say he's fat, but he's 200 pounds, you know. So, you know, and he's always kind of stayed around that weight. And, you know, and he's gotten better every single year and like this year you know he's quit drinking and uh you know he's getting faster you know he's running a lot more and this past weekend he's in the 45 to 49 year age group and that's a you know that's a that's a pretty hard age group and he plays fifth both days in palm beach so for somebody that weighs 200 pounds you know that's that's pretty badass and you know he's really you know coming in and running hard and it's starting to show And uh, I'm hoping this year I'm going to see my boy on the podium. That'd be really cool. But anyway, that's all I got, y'all. So we'll see you in the next race. Peace. How's that? DK, I'll come through? Yeah, man.